that are using it. One, understand that it's here, so awareness. Two, understand how to use it, so education. Um, but also communicating the benefits of it. And so success, success for me. Welcome back to Leave a Legacy. I'm your host, Gabby, and today we are sitting down with Rabia Damji. Rabia is a product marketing manager at Instagram, bridging the gap between people and products, leading work on Instagram's camera and reels products. Rabia was also a speaker at our Legacy 2021 conference. Hi, Rabia. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for joining us today. It's great to hear from you again. Last time we chatted was for Legacy 2021. That's crazy. I know. It feels like it's been so long, but also that was an amazing panel. So thank you for having me on that. And then thank you for having me back again for this. Of course, of course. So uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Yes, of course. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Rabia Damji. Um, I currently work at Instagram on the product marketing team focused on all of our reels, products, and camera. Um, and before that, I was at Twitter for a couple years, also in consumer product marketing. I focused on um, our like emerging countries and also like bringing feature parity across desktop, Android, iOS. Um, so I love that. Was there for a couple years, and then that was actually my first job out of university, and I went to UC Berkeley and I also interned at Twitter while I was at school. So that's kind of how I ended up at Instagram today. Um, But before that, there was a lot of, you know, random internships through school and like, like small, tiny startups, like little marketing startups. I worked at a dental firm. Um, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. So there was a lot of (laughs) things that I did for that as well. Yeah. Um, So it wasn't as easy as like Twitter, Instagram, but it, it did help me get to where I was today. Yeah, that's great. So right after you graduated, you got right into the social media work. (laughs) That's really exciting. Um, So do you want to tell us a little bit about consumer product marketing and what it is? Yeah, of course. So um, consumer product marketing sits within the marketing org. um, And obviously it's different across like many industries like this is specific to tech so it's very similar at twitter and instagram um but marketing is huge in general i mean i didn't even know so many of these roles existed when i was in school um because it's not talked about like there's product marketing which i'm in there's social media marketing partner marketing growth like there's ads like there's just so much um and I think it's so important that folks know like there's much more than just being an engineer to work at a tech company um but PMM specifically is it was interesting to me because it sits kind of at the intersection of product and marketing hence the title yeah Um, but it's the closest you can get to influencing the product without actually coding and something that I loved doing was like interacting with people and knowing that the work I was doing was going to directly impact them. And I, no shade to engineers, I just didn't feel like I could do that by sitting in front of a computer coding. And so I just knew I didn't want to do that. Um, And I actually took a course at Berkeley. I didn't, I wasn't part of like the business program, but you still had access to some of the courses. So I took one um, and there was a speaker series 
and uh, somebody came in who worked at Airbnb and product marketing. And they told me that product marketing sits at like the intersection of actually building the product and taking it to consumers. And that's essentially what I wanted to do. And so PMMs are responsible for everything that the average consumer sees on the app the day that a feature launches. So like any of the social announcements, any of the campaigns that you see in real life, all the messaging, all the assets, like we basically put together the whole go-to-market strategy or GTM um, for all the features that are launched. And that's just like the inbound work. There's also, uh, or no, that's the outbound work. Sorry. There's also inbound work, which is research, like planning for what's coming up, helping influence product roadmaps, um, like working with engineers and designers on naming on like certain flows for the consumers and just kind of being the expert on what we think that the average person would want to see in the app or with the features. Um, So there's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like it. Um, (laughs) But it's the most exciting. You get to work with a lot of different teams and really influence product without actually building it but you're working very closely to the folks that are building it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I see so it sounds like you're very much um like linking like the work that the engineers do the work that the marketing team does the work that you know whoever is creating the products you're kind of like sounds like you're the middleman that kind of connects all them together yeah so On the product side, there's a PM, a product manager, and they basically work with the engineers, designers, and researchers. And then there's the PMM, which is me, the product marketing manager. And we kind of work with everyone else. Yeah. (laughs) Legal, comms, partnerships, creator marketing, like anybody else, you you name it. And the Mm -hmm. two of us, the PM and the PMM are kind of like best friends. Like we work very closely together to bring all the folks that we're working with together and like bring our plan to life for whenever the feature is launched to like the public. Um, so it's a very cross-functional role. Like you have to work across a lot of teams, communicate a lot, mm-hmm. and you're kind of leading the overall strategy. So it's a lot of um, coordinating opinions and and really just kind of navigating and showing what you think should happen for the overall strategy. Um, so there's just a, it's a lot of back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you get a lot of say in what goes on and what happens, which is really exciting to have, I don't know, like, just to have your opinion heard and to be able to influence so many decisions. Yeah, um, I definitely, I definitely think PMM and just marketing in general, like we do, unfortunately, in tech companies, like engineers do run the show and PMs yeah. and, and more technical roles. And so I think we do have to fight to have a seat at the table and really like show and prove the value that we can bring. But once we do, there's so much more to making a product success- successful than just building it. I think that's just one aspect. Like you need to monetize, you need to market it, you need to prove to people like why it's important or what or how to use it even. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I think once you do prove that value or once you're seen as valuable as a marketer, there's there's so much that you can influence and bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that sounds great. Um, (laughs) Do you want to take us through a little bit of your day-to-day tasks? Like, what does a day in your life look like? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's a lot of meetings (laughs) because you have to talk to so many different teams. Um, But there's, there's certain things that stay consistent, even though the launches that you're working on change all the time, because there's so many new features that we're putting out. Um, Things that stay the same are, you know, you're constantly meeting with your core team. So for real is like, I have my comms person, partnerships person, um, PMs, like I'll have weeklies with them, team meetings. Um, so like those, there are certain meetings that just kind of like stay the same. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's an upcoming launch, there's normally like a meeting dedicated just to that, like a weekly. So that we can go through like everything that needs to happen. If they need anything from me, um, if I need anything from them, there's a lot of chats, a lot of slacks, a lot of G chats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And then I think just being both a PM and a PMM, it's, it's writing a lot of docs and like, cause you're putting together a whole plan essentially. And anything that goes into that plan is like, what channels do we need to activate? How much budget do we need? What needs to be approved by legal? Um, So it's a lot of kind of like writing those things up and getting them reviewed and approved and then having the meetings with those appropriate people. And that's just, that's just building out what the strategy should be. Then there's actually executing it. So like working with the creative teams, reviewing them, approving those assets, like making sure that the appropriate teams have them for launch. Um, So it's like a lot of meetings and like writing up docs and kind of communicating what the strategy should be to people. And then also presenting that to leads and leadership and like getting approval on like my overall strategy as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, So we know that there's like the project management side of this, of your position. Um, So in terms of the marketing side, like for those out there who want to get into marketing, uh, would you say a degree in marketing or communications is needed or what's like the typical route people take nowadays? I feel like it's so different now. Like when I was recruiting, I was recruiting like six years ago and I would like cold email people and I'm pretty sure nobody does that anymore. Like they would probably like, make <laughs> we do that. Oh yeah, that's right. You did. You did cold email me. Um, I mean, I, I think you just have to find a way to stand out and, and mm-hmm. something that for me, like UC Berkeley was an extremely technical school. So all the recruiters yeah. that were coming there were, they wanted engineers and I wasn't that. And so I would go to like when Google would come or Facebook, but they were all there to find engineering students. And I was like, I'm like a media studies. They didn't have marketing or comms. It was called media studies, okay. um, which is like the closest to that. But I think I honestly, I didn't, this might be a hot take. I didn't learn PMM at school. Like I Mm -hmm. learned it doing it on the job. And so I think if you have a major that's at least relevant, like business or marketing or, I mean, I was like minoring in rhetoric because I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. (laughs) I'm sure that would have been fine too. I think if I think if you're wanting to be in PMM, it's very much a business function in itself. And so I think anything relating to that is fine. I don't think you need to be specifically in marketing or comms. Mm -hmm. I think if you take a couple courses and like list those, like that will obviously help your case, but it's really just like, can you do the job? 
And I think talking to people at companies that are in the roles that you want and understanding what the day-to-day is, is what helped me the most because you don't really learn that through a textbook or like at school. And so I mean, education is very important and we should definitely be going to school and like majoring (laughs) in these things. But I think that actually meeting the people and talking to them is when you're going to understand what's needed. And then you can go and take that and try to find it through school courses, which is what I did when I did like the business marketing class. Mm -hmm. I started like Googling product marketing and I saw certain things that they needed. And I saw there were some classes that offered aspects of that. And so I would like take those as my electives. And so I think it varies because like you could major in finance and like work in like the budgeting org at a tech company. So like it's, Mm -hmm. I think figuring out if you want to work in tech and then what role you want to work in because there's so many like outside of engineering product and design. Yeah, that's true. And you know, I don't know if it's honestly that that much of a hot take because I see so many people now and like they go into jobs completely unrelated to their degree or to what they're studying in school. And of course, like I completely agree with you. I think it's useful to have that, you know, a little bit of background information if there is that relevant field. Um, But at least from what I see, there's a lot of jobs out there that are looking for specific skills, maybe as opposed to have having a degree in a specific field. Yeah. And I think a lot of those skills are, are, are things that are work ethic related. Some of it are like our specific skill set. Like you need to know a certain like program, maybe mm-hmm. if it's, if you're an engineer, um, like for marketing, there's certain like data tables, like you learn on the job as well. But I mean, those things, they can all be learned once you start, you know? And I mm-hmm. think, I think it's unfortunate that you don't learn a lot of it in school because I, and hopefully it's starting to change. But I think that when I started looking through like different electives at Berkeley and I started noticing, Oh, like this is a speaker series on like tech marketing. I think there's more courses like that available now that people can apply to than there were like years ago. And so I think like finding those and like reading through job descriptions and like Mm -hmm. seeing what skills they want. And then like, you know, just being sneaky and figuring out like what <laughs> courses have those kinds of like will give you those skill sets. Mm-hmm. Those are ways to stand out because everybody who wants to be in marketing is probably going to go for like a comms, a marketing, or a media studies major. So then yeah. it's like, how do you stand out beyond just that major? Like now that you have the major, like what else is there? Because then everyone's the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then how would you recommend people do stand out? Like you mentioned the courses, obviously. Yeah. Um, taking specific courses like directed yeah. at the position maybe that you want to apply for. Um, is there anything else you would recommend? I think, you know, you have to just get creative. Like something that I did, and I wasn't honestly expecting this to happen for me, but I mentioned earlier that like Berkeley was a very technical school. And so I felt super frustrated because I would go to so many of the recruiting events and just like leave with nothing really. And so I went home and I wrote about all my frustrations because I always, I always like write out everything basically. It's like how I organize my thoughts. Yeah. But I never thought like, oh, I should be a writer or like, you know, I've it wasn't something that I thought I would pursue professionally. And so, but it's something that I was passionate about. That was like a side hobby. 
And so I wrote out all my frustrations on like what was happening with recruiting through Berkeley and I posted it on LinkedIn and it started to go viral. And that's actually how I got my Twitter internship. Oh, wow. (laughs) A recruiter found the blog and then reached out to me. And so obviously that wasn't my plan. I wasn't like, haha, I'm going to do this and like get a job. And so I think it's like finding ways like side projects or things that you're passionate about and like make like whether it's like making a website of like cool marketing like campaigns you've done or marketing campaigns you've seen in the wild that you think are cool and like writing your opinion on it or um if you're into like short form video like making reels or tiktoks about like your journey or like your experience like something that makes you stand out mm-hmm. when i was applying for instagram i made my resume look like my Instagram profile. And like, obviously it was just a way to stand out because I knew everyone was doing like the same resume and recruiters are looking at the same format, black and white, Mm -hmm. like email contact info. So it's just, I think it's just getting creative and like figuring out a way to, you have like a 30 second elevator pitch. Like how do you make it sound different than someone else? And I think it varies based on like who you are because anyone can look at your LinkedIn or look at your resume but what do you, what can you show them that they're not going to see on paper or like what mm-hmm. can you make come to life through that piece of paper that they normally might not see and so i think it just varies and depends on the person it's so like for me it just happened to be writing and it just happened to be like making a artsy resume but that might not work for another person like they might like making websites or might be like a digital creator like i think it's something else like that they're passionate about and turning it into like a relevant form of communicating with whoever they're trying to get a job for mm-hmm. or with. That's true. Yeah. And I feel like, especially with these big companies like Instagram, Twitter, you know, like people who want to go into these areas like of marketing or business or anything like that, they're looking at these companies. They're like, I want to work for Google. I want to work yeah. for Instagram. And so I can imagine how many applications they actually do get yeah. And it's finding a way to make sure they pick yours through every like round. Yeah, I mean, they get like it. hundreds, yeah. probably thousands of applications. And so it's really just like figuring out how to get your foot in the door. And honestly, if I could, if, if I could tell someone like anything that's going through like recruiting right now, it's like, you're going to get rejected. Like I was yeah. rejected from Facebook twice before I got the job at Instagram and like I was devastated and so getting a big name company at Twitter or Facebook like it shouldn't define you like I worked at no name startups before I got Twitter and like I was rejected from Facebook before I came to Instagram I probably applied to Facebook like 10 times and like didn't even get interviews so it's not just because you have that brand name, like doesn't make you any better or, or less than I think it will happen when it's meant to happen, but you're still going to get the experience through so many other companies. And that will only help like build your portfolio and help you be more resilient. And so, yes, it's cool to work at the Facebook and the Googles, but there's like so much more than that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And it's, I think that's especially important to remember that it's hard um to keep going you know after you've get rejected oh my god I get it yeah (laughs) yeah like it's hard you got to pick yourself up though and you know eventually 
I think if you try and you work for it, you'll find your ideal position or you'll at least see yourself be on track towards the goal that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I would just I look at everything as like a stepping stone to what I'm going to get eventually. Like, I think that something good comes from like everything and it's all meant to be. And so there was probably a reason why I didn't start at Facebook years ago. Like maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten into Instagram. Who knows like what would have happened? But I think that all of the like no name startups or like unpaid internships I did, like I learned something from every single one of those that helped me get to where I am today. Um, And like, even with Berkeley, like I didn't get in the first time that I applied. It's like, I kept on keeping on, you know, and I just had a goal and I didn't stray from it. I might've gone like an untraditional route or like done it a different way, but the end goal is still the same. So I think it's just, it's hard. Like rejection is never easy. I was bad for days. So (laughs) yeah, it's hard for sure. Mm -hmm. But Hey, now at least, you know, you are where you are today and it's, and it's amazing. Um, Yeah. So going back to Instagram, so how would you say, so you, you work with the camera and real products. How would you say that they're staying up to date with trends um, for 2021, 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard, like for all tech companies, like everyone's trying trying to stay relevant, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's, and things change so much. And I think that's the thing with working at a tech company, like everything's happening in real time. Like when you go on Twitter, like things break, like what's happening, like things break in real life on Twitter, like the when people storm the Capitol, like everything was yeah. happening literally on Twitter, like you were watching it or um, like an NBA game, like all the memes, everything's happening in real life. So it's, it's, it's hard. I think even for like reels and, and camera or like Instagram in general, I think we're all, I wouldn't say struggling, but like dealing with the same thing on like, how do we stay culturally relevant? But I, I don't think it's honestly something that's driven by these companies like it's driven by people like they Mm -hmm. will go on the platform and like they will post or they will share and like they choose where they go whether it's snapchat tiktok instagram and so i think what we see is a lot of like recycled content throughout each of the apps because sometimes like things will start on twitter and like be shared on instagram or start on tiktok and like be shared on twitter and so i I don't think any of us have it figured out, honestly, (laughs) but I think we're all trying to like, I'm sure, you know, even, even for like all of our reels launches, Mm -hmm. same with Twitter, like everything is backed through research. Like we want to listen to the community, like hear what you guys want, talk about what could be better, how we could improve. So I think in that way, like we're constantly watching and listening to the feedback that we get to make sure that we're building something that's actually relevant to people and that they want to use. And obviously it's hard to build every single thing, you know, like people have been wanting an edit button on Twitter for like 20 years. Is that going to happen? Who knows? So (laughs) I think, um, I think it's just, we're, we're all trying our best to make sure that we're iterating on the experience so that it's something that is relevant and that people want to use. But it's just a process, honestly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And also, I feel like it's 
like you said earlier, things change so fast. It's so yeah. hard to stay up to date. It's on so hard. Things. I mean, even even when I'm like trying to keep up with like pop <laughs> yeah. culture and things that are happening, like it's something new every single day or like every hour, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's just the environment that we live in now because of the internet, because of short form video blowing up, like things are just happening so quickly and thing and people are getting over things so quickly. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just happening at like the speed of light yeah yeah and it's funny because like I don't know sometimes I take breaks from social media because sometimes I just feel like it's too much and then I come back like a few weeks later and and I go to my friends like hey guys did you see this this is so funny and they're like Gabby you're like three weeks late yeah I know and it's like things become old news so quickly Mm -hmm. even though it was just news so it's it's kind of crazy yeah, things change so fast. Um, so then what would you say are some key tips about consumer product marketing for 2021? And I don't know if this is relating to, I don't know, just marketing trends in general. Um, but do you see anything sticking around or um, trending for the next year? I think things trending for the next year, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens to the audio space within the next year. Like Clubhouse literally went insane during Mm -hmm. the pandemic. And I mean, I think a lot of things changed during the pandemic and now we're, we're still in it, but it's not as crazy as it was during like that, those lockdown couple of months. So I'm, I'm curious to see what will stick and what won't things that went viral during that time. Like TikTok blew up, IG live blew up audio blew up through like Twitter spaces and clubhouse. And so I'm curious to see if those things will start to kind of like stabilize out or continue to grow. I think short form video is here to stay for sure. I think Mm -hmm. creators have started to love it and embrace like quick snippets on like reels and TikTok. Um, But I, yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm most curious about the audio space, like even podcasts, like what we're doing. I think those are blowing up even more as well. Um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely something I'll be interested to see as well. Um, so yeah, that about wraps up everything. Thank you so much, Rabia, for joining us today. It was great talking to you again. Yeah, of course. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me as a guest. I loved it. Hey everyone, that was Leave a Legacy with today's guest, Rabia Damji. Um, Let us know what you think, follow us, give us feedback on social media. Um, It's Legacy Canada, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Yeah, let us know what you think and we'll catch you on the next episode.